submission is often doing something against your will. And perhaps there's a fight involved, or at least internal resistance. But when you surrender, perhaps to the fact that you're powerless over alcohol or drugs or some other kind of substance, or you surrender to being powerless over people, there's choice involved. When you surrender your will and your life over to the care of your higher power, that is a choice. Hi, I'm Barb Nangle. I want to welcome you to my podcast, Fragmented to Whole, Life Lessons from 12-Step Recovery, where I help people heal their emotional, psychological, and spiritual wounds and make deep, lasting changes in their lives. I'm the founder and CEO of Higher Power Coaching and Consulting. I'm a boundaries coach who specializes in helping women who are focused on what others are thinking and doing and neglect themselves in the process. And I have coached hundreds of people on how to build healthy boundaries using my exclusive build framework. On this podcast, I share my experience, strength, and hope from recovery. I don't support or endorse any particular 12-step recovery fellowship, and I don't claim to speak for any particular 12-step fellowship. I also don't believe that 12-step recovery is the only way to recover. You might need additional help. I'm an avid beachcomber who collects sea glass, shells, wood, and stones. I am a formerly closeted fan of the Hallmark Channel, especially the Christmas movies. Hello, Christmas in July. I wear fingerless gloves from September to June because my hands are always cold, so I have about 15 pairs. And I get a huge kick out of counting how many days, weeks, and months there are until my birthday or Christmas at completely random times of the year. My hope is that you'll find my words concretely helpful in improving your life, whether you're in recovery or not. If you like what you've heard on this episode, please screenshot it and share it on your social media and tag me at Higher Power Coaching. This is episode 241, Three Conceptual Shifts Learned in Recovery and How They'll Change Your Life. It's occurred to me recently that a huge part of 12-step recovery is changing our perceptions or the way we perceive certain concepts. So today I want to talk about three in particular that have come up for me recently, either in my own life or in conversations with clients and fellows in recovery. The first one is the conceptual shift from submission to surrender. The second one is making the conceptual shift from something that may be reasonable, but at the same time is unrealistic. And the third is about where we draw the line between acceptance and setting boundaries. So submission versus surrender. I heard or read something the other day about how people in recovery can confuse the notion of submission with the notion of surrender that is so important in recovery. When you submit to something, such as when your parents told you do this or else, that's not a comfortable feeling. Submission is often doing something against your will. And perhaps there's a fight involved, or at least internal resistance. But when you surrender, perhaps to the fact that you're powerless over alcohol or drugs or some other kind of substance, or you surrender to being powerless over people, there's choice involved. When you surrender your will and your life over to the care of your higher power, that is a choice. 
So the distinction between submission and surrender can make all the difference in the world. I've seen many people in the beginning of their recovery journey who seem to be confusing surrendering with submitting. There is a powerfulness to surrender because you're choosing it. You're making a choice. You're taking control of your life. You're taking your power back, which is the opposite of addiction. When you have addiction, compulsion, and obsession, you don't have choice. But when you submit to something, it can make you feel powerless. And then there is reasonable versus unrealistic expectation. For example, I said to one of my clients, it's reasonable to expect that in a professional setting, people will be competent, capable, will follow through, that they'll be able to do the job at hand and communicate when they cannot. That is a reasonable expectation. But if you have a colleague or a boss you've been working with for years and they are not competent or maybe they're just unreliable, then it's an unrealistic expectation for that person to live up to all those ideals. You can continue bitching and complaining and moaning about that person because it's a, quote, reasonable expectation that a professional would be able to do those things. But if that particular person has given you lots of evidence that they themselves have never been dependable, competent, etc., then it is an unrealistic expectation for that person. If you want to continue having that expectation, go ahead, but you're going to be miserable if you do. And it's not going to change the situation that that person is not going to turn into a competent, capable person who is reliable from your continuing to bitch about them and hold your unrealistic expectations. Once you really get this is an unrealistic expectation, then you can actually do something about it. When you have an unrealistic expectation of one person that may be reasonable for most people, it precludes you from taking any action. In other words, you're acting like you're a victim of the circumstance. But when you accept this is an unrealistic expectation for that person, then you can do something about it. If it's intolerable for you, then leave, you know, or leave the situation, leave the organization or work around them. Do whatever you have to do so that you can live without suffering in that situation. If they're keeping your team from getting your work done, then look for what can be done to work around them without their efforts. Standing around waiting for that person to change isn't working. So what are you going to do given the facts of the situation that this person is unreliable, unprofessional, or whatever? So it's an unrealistic expectation for that individual, though it may be a reasonable expectation in general. And then the last distinction is trying to figure out, like, where's the line between acceptance and boundaries? You can have an addict or an alcoholic in your life who's been in and out of recovery a bunch of times and know they're doing the best they can. And you can acknowledge that. And at the same time, realize that even though they are doing the best they can, it doesn't mean it's good enough for you. You get to have whatever standard you want in your life. Standards is another way of describing boundaries. 
And the question is, how long do you accept something before you put up a boundary? Where's the line between acceptance and boundaries? And honestly, nobody can answer that question for you but you. If you want to have a peaceful, happy, joyous, and free life, then you're going to want to figure out how to be accepting of other people and their ways. And even if they're doing the best they can, it doesn't mean they'll meet your standards. And then if they don't, if they don't meet your standards, what will you do about it? What are you going to change in your behavior? That's called a boundary. When I accept someone for who they are and their ways, that means I stop fighting against who they actually are and what they're like. I stop thinking they should be another way. And I also stop giving them 70 million chances and thinking, well, if I just bend and contort myself enough, or if I'm just patient enough, then they're going to turn into the kind of person I want. That is not acceptance. Acceptance is this is who they are and what they're capable of. Now, we do want to leave room for the possibility that they could change for sure, but don't depend on that. Don't wait around for them to change. You do not have to accept unacceptable behavior, but you have to ask yourself what you're going to do if they display unacceptable behavior. That's where the boundary comes in. Because when we decide this is my standard or this is my boundary and people don't honor it and you don't do anything about it, then it's not really a boundary. I tell my clients those are called hopes and wishes. A boundary is something you enforce with some kind of consequence, meaning there's something that you personally are going to do when they don't honor your boundary. What will your behavioral response be to someone violating your standards? If the person you're dealing with is an alcoholic, you can say, if you drink at the party, I'll leave, which means you have to make arrangements for your own ride home. You're not telling them what they can or cannot do. You're telling them what you will do if they don't meet your standards. So here's an example that has nothing to do with addiction. Let's say someone in your home continually leaves the cabinet doors open and it drives you fucking crazy. You can't force them to close the cabinet doors. If you want to have peace in your home, you could do a few things. You could accept that they're never going to close the cabinet doors. You could just deal with it. You could put a special hinge that automatically closes the cabinet doors. You could just close the cabinet doors when they're open and think, well, that's them being them. So as to depersonalize it and remind yourself, this isn't about me. They're not doing this to me. They're just doing it. You could also decide this is the straw that is breaking the camel's back. I am not fucking dealing with this anymore and leave the house, ask them to leave the house or leave the relationship or move out. You decide. Setting a boundary does not mean you're going to get people to do what you want. It means that if they're not doing what you want, you make some kind of shift in your behavior. If your standard or your boundary is cabinet doors must be closed when not in use, you are the one who has to change something if accepting that cabinet doors being open won't work for you. It may be reasonable to expect people to close the cabinet doors when they're done with them. But if you've lived with that person for years and they've never fucking done it, then it's not going to change and it's unrealistic. 
You can continue to expect them to close the cabinet doors, but you're going to be miserable. Acceptance doesn't mean you have to like what's going on. It means you get to stop fighting against what's going on. You're accepting this is the reality of the situation. This is what's happening. Maybe it will help you to repeat that to yourself like I used to when I first got in recovery and learned acceptance. I would say, this is what's happening. This is what's happening. This is what's happening. You don't get to live in a reality where things always go the way you want them to. You will have to close the cabinet doors if you want them closed and no one else does. You don't have to like it. But if you're going to be miserable fighting against those cabinet doors being open, then stop fighting. That's essentially what it means to be in acceptance. It doesn't mean you're making it okay. And if it's so intolerable, then move out or some other thing like that. Think about all of the energy you're using when you get upset that things are not going your way. What could you do with all that energy when you no longer launch into repeated arguments about the fucking cabinet doors? What could you do with that energy to bring goodness into your life? You can harness that energy for goodness if you either accept things or if that's just impossible for you in a given situation, then you set some kind of boundary. The energy thing has been sort of astonishing for me. I have a lot more energy now with healthy boundaries and having learned to accept things that were previously unacceptable to me. I have so much more energy available to me. Some of it is that I'm just living the one life, mine, by not getting in everybody else's business and not trying to figure out how can I fix this situation, especially things that are unfixable like other people's lives and situations. Some of it is that I've stopped fighting against what is and learned to accept this is what's happening. Some of it is that I actually take care of myself now. I don't use alcohol, drugs, I eat healthy, I sleep seven to eight hours a night on a regular basis. I stay away from trying to manage the unmanageable. So there's no longer an endless fucking drain on my energy. So be very conscious about where you put your energy. All right, to recap, there's a difference between submission and surrender. Submission is often something you're forced to do while surrender is a choice. There might be things that are reasonable expectations to have, but if a particular person has shown you over and over that they're not capable of living up to that expectation, then for that person, it's an unrealistic expectation. And lastly, even if you accept that someone is doing the best they can, that doesn't mean it's necessarily going to be good enough for you. And if that's the case, it's time to set a boundary which means you decide what you're going to do, what you're going to change if the person doesn't honor your boundary. If you're ready to finally have an enjoyable, relaxing summer doing things you really want to do, instead of always following other people's agendas, I have some openings for private clients right now. If you are really tired of saying yes to things you really don't want to do and being overly accommodating to others, this is for you. It's time to start accommodating yourself. 
Maybe you're dissatisfied with your relationships and overwhelmed with all kinds of difficult feelings because of your interactions with others. If you'd like to get your life in order before the summer hits, go to barbchat.net and sign up for a free 30-minute call with me about my private coaching so we can get started right away. That way, you'll be done by summer. This is for people who are finally ready to make deep, lasting changes in their relationship patterns, including their relationships with themselves, their partners, family, friends, and colleagues. Go to barbchat.net. If you like this podcast, and I'm guessing you did or you wouldn't still be listening, then you're gonna love the other things I have to offer. If you'd love pre-released podcast scripts and episodes before anyone else gets them, or if you'd love access to content from my private vault that I developed exclusively for my private clients, which is like having a work session with me without me actually being there, go to patreon.com slash higher power coaching. There are three tiers ranging from as low as $4 up to $24 a month. You'll also love my weekly newsletter, Friday Fragments, which has content very similar to the podcast. You can check it out at fridayfragments.news. That's fridayfragments.news. Please like and subscribe to my podcast on your favorite podcast outlet. I'd also love it if you'd leave a review, which you can do either in the show notes or on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find my podcast so they can get the benefits you've gotten from listening. If someone came to mind when you listen to this particular episode, please share it with them. And my favorite place to hang out on social media is Instagram. I'm at Higher Power Coaching. Please DM me there. I'd love to hear what you got from this episode. I run group and private coaching programs on building healthy boundaries. Whether you need help with boundaries in your personal, professional, or romantic life, I can help. Head on over to barbchat.net where you can hop onto my calendar for a free 30-minute Better Boundaries consultation. My ideal client is someone who is ripe for change. If that's you, I would love to work with you. My goal with all my work is to help you make lasting changes in your life like I've made deep lasting changes in my life. Remember, it's never too late to recover. No one is beyond hope and healing is possible. Thanks for listening.